that's our desire this morning, to be a sanctuary for our Lord Jesus Christ and for Him to be pleased to dwell in us and live in us and live through us. Amen. We just want to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus this morning and pray that God will just meet with you in a special way today. We're looking forward to the service and Brother Tim Dodd will be speaking tonight and I believe Brother John at the camp uh, this evening at uh, 4 p.m. So we're looking forward to that as well. Maybe we can sing together, Oh, How I Love That Man from Galilee, same key. Start with the first verse. Um, 521. In a manger long ago, I know it's really so. A babe was born to save men from their sin. John saw him on the shore, the Lamb forevermore. Oh, the Christ, the crucified of Calvary. Oh, how I love that man from Galilee. For he's done so very much for me. All my sin, place the Holy Ghost within. How I love that man from Galilee. The publican went to pray in the temple there one day. He cried, Oh Lord, be merciful to me. He was forgiven of every sin and a deep peace placed within. He said, Come see this man from Galilee. Oh, how I love that man, man from Galilee. For he's done so very much for me. He's forgiven all my sin. Place the Holy Ghost within. How I love that man from Galilee. was made to talk the power was spoken with love upon the sea the blind was made to see I know it could only be the mercy of that man from Galilee oh how I love that man from Galilee for he's done so very much for Nicodemus came by night to know the way of right. He asked the Son of Man, what must he do? These words he said to him, you must be born again by the Spirit of that man from Galilee. Oh, how I love that man from Galilee. For he's done so very much for me. He's forgiven all my sin. Place the Holy Ghost within. How I love that man from Galilee. How I love the family of God. 
How I love the family of God So closely knitted into one They've taken me into their heart And I'm so glad to be a part of this great family part of that family of God, born of that new generation, amen, born again, filled with Christ, knitted together in love, even though we can't assemble, yet there is a connection that goes beyond, and we feel that love in our hearts for one another, God bless you all so much, maybe we'll sing as we uh, get ready to go to prayer, come to my soul, precious Jesus, my Lord. Oh, come to my soul, precious Jesus, my Lord. Hear me, oh, Savior divine. Open the fountain and cleanse me. written in uh, from Louisiana uh, Brother Dennis and Sister Diane Simonelli they're from uh, Brother Tim Pruitt's church they, um, they're both sick with COVID so we just want to remember that in prayer this morning and every need amongst us and in the bride of Christ around the world we just believe that our God is able to meet every need come my brother Bow our heads in prayer this morning. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, that would be, I'm sure, every one of our hearts cry this morning. Come to my soul, precious Jesus, my Lord. Lord, this morning as we just start a little service, hear me, O Savior divine. Lord, that we could lift up our voices in this room here, in this sanctuary here, but Lord, also in the little rooms at home and the different places people may be. Lord, may they lift up their voices and say, Oh God, hear me, O Savior divine. I have a need this morning. Lord, there's heaviness on my heart. There's, Lord, healing in my body that I need. May they lift up their hands, Lord, in prayer this morning. Say, Oh Savior, hear me this morning. Lord, for you hung on Calvary, Lord, for our healing. You bore stripes for our healing, Lord. And Lord, you saved our souls. Would you come this morning now? And Lord, touch each one. Lord, this brother Dennis and sister Diane, Lord, battling this demon of COVID, Lord, as we've heard over and over and over again. But over again, we will also rebuke the enemy, Lord. We will not, Lord, step back. We will not let the enemy, Lord, take steps. But, Lord, we'll put our faith forward. We'll stand against it, O God, for you are are fighting our battles, Lord. You see, stand still and watch the glory of the Lord come upon, Lord, your people. I pray for Sister Diane. I pray for Sister Brother Dennis. And, Lord, each one around the world. Churches, Lord, that are not able to gather people stuck in their homes because of this demon. Lord, we stand united as a bride of Jesus Christ on this world, preparing, Lord, for this end time. We will not be defeated. We'll stand strong, Lord, against this wickedness of this age, oh God. Give us strength, Lord. Give us fortitude. Give us courage, Lord Jesus. Lord, we will not be weakened. We'll not step back and get, Lord, all just so uh, pushed around, but Lord, we'll be focused, Lord, on our end goal, Lord, which is eternity, which is our Jesus, Lord, which is unity, unity with you, oh God. Lord, we'll not falter, we'll not wander, we'll not waver, we'll not go to the left, we'll not go to the right. But Lord, we'll just keep our eyes focused on you, Lord. Lord, it's a storm, but Lord, we have Jesus in our boat. Lord, may you come on the scene, Lord, for each one of their needs. Their hands may be lifted. Lord, I don't know the, the raging of the billows that they may roll in their little world, in their each of their lives. But Lord, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how strong the wave. It doesn't matter what's happening, Lord. You came, Lord, in the middle of the storm and called Peter out of the boat. Lord, in one account, you are in the boat. Lord, may they call Jesus on the scene this morning, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. We, Lord, we lift Brother Tim up this morning. Come in, Lord, to deliver your word. Lord, a, a strength and a nourishment, a salve, a balm, Lord, for your people this morning. Lord, also to hear what you're doing around the world as we not get our eyes focused on just our little world and our little worries. But, Lord, what you're doing around the world and, Lord, what you're doing amongst the bride. Lord, may our eyes, Lord, be to, to be able to see, Lord, what you're doing around the bride at this time. Lord, we commit the e- this morning, also this evening, this day we give to you, that we could worship you, that we could praise you, we could dedicate this day to give you glory, to give you honor. Lord, for you are our King, you are our Savior, and you are our Lord. And so we give you that, Lord, we give you that praise this morning in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 You may have your seats. Amen. I'm so thankful we see it serve a faithful God, right, Brother John? Amen. Good seeing you all on the in the screen this morning. My goodness, After the weeks get the weeks seem to be really long, so it sure is nice just to be able to come into the into the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter this sanctuary, but it's in His presence that we're so thankful we can come into after a, I know a long week. Some weeks just seem like crazy long. Brother Anthony, Sister Rosie, good to see you on there. Amen. I'm going to just make a couple of announcements before we turn to the. Turn to the word this morning. 
just about watch night, but as Tom mentioned, we would give a little update on what, what we're going to do there. Obviously, lots of different things uh, this year, so watch night's no exception. It's 2020. Expect the unexpected. And so uh, December 31st is watch night service. We're going to start at 7 o'clock for watch night, uh, not 9 o'clock, uh, as we normally would. We just uh, felt to go a tad earlier. Probably we would, everybody would be, by midnight, I think we'd have everybody probably sleeping on the couch <laughs> by, by that time in, that, uh, in our situation. So we're just going to back it up a little bit, and, uh, and we'll start at 7 o'clock on December 31st. That's a Thursday, I believe, and so just remember that Wednesday service will be, will be we won't be having Wednesday. It'll be canceled and moved to the, the Thursday night, all right? 7 o'clock, not 7.30, 7 o'clock. And, uh, and we're going to do, uh, we're going to incorporate Zoom a little bit more for our, for the, uh, local congregation here. We want to just create a bit of a nice, uh, relaxed and a bit of a family night for watch night and just be able to connect with, with each one of you. And so I'm just encouraging, uh, the, the many, uh, of those that are not in front of my screen here. We would hope that for watch night you make a little exception and join on, on the Zoom as we would love to be able to just talk and, and connect and, and, uh, and greet each one and allow the, the church just to, to be connected in a nice way through watch night. That's just the desire for watch night to be a little bit of a, just a family night. And, uh, and so on the special side of it, we love, we are wanting to, uh, to have specials. Unfortunately, they will be virtual. There won't be um, uh, live specials per se. And so we're just uh, working to put some opportunities to record. So they have to be recorded and obviously uh, video uh, recordings. And uh, so if you feel like you would uh, maybe want to do that and, and uh, have a special, we're trying to put some times together that will work to do some recordings both on the U.S. and the Canadian side. And so it, please call Brother Ryan uh, Hayes and or uh, text or email him and just uh, connect with him and then he'll, he'll help and he'll be working with Brother Ben just to facilitate the recording for that and, and the video side of it and, uh, and just so we can get a idea who's wanting to be a part of that. And I would encourage you, it's within the next, really within this week that we need to know that because of the preparation and getting ready for that for the evening. Uh, there's no, you know, day before type of thing. So we need to know that as soon as possible if you can. So that's uh, that's just a little watch night uh, announcement. Uh, that is that it? Sounds good? All right. Any questions? Don't hesitate to, to call or email or whichever way you want to get a hold of us and uh, like I said but Ryan for a special and we'll connect with Brother Ben on that too God bless you have a wonderful day thank you Brother Michael appreciate all the efforts that have gone in to adapt and uh, make things happen gifts in the body they come to the forefront in, in times like these and we sure appreciate that God will just continually lead and guide and bless. Amen. We're going to invite our brother Tim to come and um, we've been singing, I've been changed, I've been reborn. <clears throat> I've been changed, I've been reborn. All my life has been rearranged. What a difference it makes when the Lord my life, praise God, has been changed. I've been to the water and I've been baptized. I've been washed in the blood 
the Lord. Good to be together this evening, this morning. It was this evening a few moments ago, but now it's this morning. And uh, good to see everyone here today. Good to see those that are on the screen and the few bodies that we have here working on the mechanical equipment. Good to see a few faces and the musicians. God bless you, each and every one. Um, before we pray this morning, uh, let's just stand together. If you're standing at home, it's it's. Uh, I haven't even been in church for a few services since the new regulations, and so it's it's good to be back together again this morning, and uh, I had to remember this morning how to tie my tie. Haven't done that for a few weeks. Yes, Brother Josh, I don't wear a tie at home when I attend church, but I do wear it here, and uh, so it's good to be in the house of the Lord. So uh, let's just, there's an old song that I, I was thinking about this morning. Uh, we used to sing it all the time, especially in the log church. Welcome, 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 Holy Ghost, we welcome you. We don't sing that so much. I think we've given way to a different song on welcoming the Holy Ghost. This one just has just a, a real nice sacred uh, music to it. And uh, let's just uh, close our eyes. Let's just uh, give ourselves to the Lord this morning, get shut in with God. And where you are and where we are, let's just welcome the Holy Spirit as we sing this together before we go to the Word. Welcome, welcome. 
Heavenly Father, blessed Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence this morning, Lord. Just from the time of waking this morning, that was, that seemed to be the burden that you would be welcome, Lord, in our service, wherever the fragmented pieces of this service are, whatever home they are in, Lord. Whatever place of abode they might occupy at this moment, together we unite our hearts and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Whatever as we, as even as we were fellowshipping this morning, Lord, this is a sacred place, a sanctuary that we have set aside. Many times in our homes, there's been different events that have gone through the rooms that people are now sitting in, in front of a screen and, and Lord, fellowshipping around your word. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would just sanctify every place, Lord, afresh. Lord, may your Holy Spirit just have the preeminence, O oh God. May you draw near. May you draw near to each one, Lord. We so need you. We so desire you. We so want you. And Lord, this one service that I might have with the people, this, I think it'd be my last service this year. Lord, I pray that you'll just help me. Lord, give me grace in the eyes of the people. And Lord, may this service go the way you want it to go. We commit ourselves to you for your glory as we amazingly draw to the end of another year. Lord, the events of the end of the year have been announced and Lord, we we want to cross over the calendar page with a rejoicing in our hearts, with a fresh revelation, Lord, with a fresh realization of all that you have done for us. And so, Lord, take the word and anoint it afresh this morning. You are the one that discerns the secrets of every heart. And so I pray, Lord, that you'll just touch every life. Lord, you know the need. May the word loose the captives. May the word, Lord, heal the sick. Send forth your word, Lord, and do mighty works amongst your people, supernaturally, yet in simplicity. We give ourselves to you and ask your blessing now upon this service in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles. If you have your Bibles together with you, we'll turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and then Revelation chapter 19. Uh, thank you to the musicians and uh, thank you to the technicians 
who are streaming this into the homes and taking care of the different aspects of the service. God bless them, each and every one. We are grateful for them. I know if it was up to me, it certainly would not be happening like this. And so we're thankful for every one that participates in this labor of love. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, we also, if if we're able to speak about missions this morning, but I want to, for a change, leave that to the end. And uh, we'll just go to the Word first. Um, and I want to speak this morning on rejoicing in the Lamb. Rejoicing in the Lamb. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So while you turn to Revelation 19, I'll just say that, you know, Abel, of course, offered a lamb unto God, while Cain offered the fruits of the field. God witnessed that the lamb was what pleased him because God had a purpose in the lamb. And it was the revelation of the lamb that Abel received testimony from God that his sacrifice was accepted. And so it wasn't just the works of a lamb because there was a time that Israel in their... uh uh traditions began to offer sacrifices that God said became a stench in his nostrils. And that's, that was the same sacrifice, the sacrifice of lambs and of turtle doves and bullocks and different things. It was those things to God became a bad smell. But yet we find Abel's was a, a sweet-smelling savor in the sight of God because he did it by faith or by revelation. All right, now Revelation chapter 19, so we talked about the beginning, the first sacrifice. Now let's talk about the lamb at the end of the book, chapter 19. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. Now before I'll go on, it's all obviously referring to the judgment of the great whore, which is the Catholic Church. Now, you have to remember, in the writing of this, John, uh, St. John we call him, or John the Divine, different ones call him, he was not uh, acquainted with this woman. That is to say, the Catholic Church had not yet been formed. It wasn't for several hundred years later that the first Roman Church, the first Church of Rome, became the Catholic Church, became established on the Trinity Doctrine in, in 325 A.D., and so on and so forth, the history of all the blood of the martyrs that is in her. So John is not acquainted with that at all, but he's recording the reaction of the judgment of the great whore. But then it says, verse 5, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye 
his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Now, the next verse, you can read the rest of the chapter later. Maybe you can have your seats now. That would be all right. But if you read this, the rest of the chapter later, you'll find the next verse that John fell down to worship the one who was speaking to him. But he said, see that you do it not because I'm of your fellow servants, the prophets. And so this was a man. It was not a heavenly angel. It was an earthly angel that was sharing with John uh, the revelation of what was taken. And it was him that said, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. All right, so we see the lamb at the beginning and the lamb at the end. Now, Brother Branham says in Revelation chapter 4, at the end of chapter 3 is where the bride goes up, and then chapter 19 is where the bride comes back down. Now, the events that happen between chapter 4 of Revelation and chapter 19 of Revelation are many of them events that pertain to the bride of Jesus Christ. But as far as the timeline goes, the rapture at the end of the church ages carries on into chapter 19 and we see the marriage of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then we see the judgment of the Lamb. And so we, we recognize all of these unfolding events here that, that kind of fit together as a timeline. And so I want you to see that as it talks about the marriage supper, we are at the verge of the marriage supper. We are in today the marriage of the Lamb, where the bride is being united to the groom, the Word of God, that she and the Word are becoming one. Now, going back to the very beginning, when Abel rejoiced in the Lamb, and we find that Abel offered to God that more excellent sacrifice, because when God, right from the beginning of fallen humanity in the Garden of Eden, He brought Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden under bleeding lambskins. Remember that they had sinned and fallen from grace and fallen from fellowship. That God said the day that you eat thereof, that day you die. And so God come down to visit them in the cool of the evening but they were hiding. But God came down and gave unto them not figs, not fig leaves which they had sewn together for aprons, but rather to restore fellowship, God gave, gave them bleeding lambskins. In other words, that fellowship was restored under the blood. That it took a lambskin to bring them back into fellowship with God. And Abel, by revelation, recognized this and saw that fellowship with God had to be under the blood. And so he offered to God that bleeding lamb and God said that's the correct revelation. Because any time that God deals with fallen humanity, God deals with fallen humanity under the blood of the Lamb. That's very important that you recognize that principle because everything that we look at, we must look at through the Lamb. 
Now I'll come to the reason that I'm making some of these statements and you'll see how it all fits together. But Jesus, when he came, he was not come to restore fellowship, but rather Jesus, the Lamb of God, came to take away sin, to abolish sin, to send sin back on the head of Satan where it comes from, because sin that is confessed in the blood goes back to the originator, which is Satan himself. Amen. Jesus didn't just come for fellowship. He came for redemption. The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. If he just came for fellowship, there was no need for him to die. There was already fellowship under the natural Lamb. But this was the Lamb of God that was to take away sin. Now, at the end of the age, that's the beginning, that's the middle. But at the end of the ages, in the claiming of the book, as Brother Tom has been preaching on, there's an open door at this, at this end of this time in the claiming of the bride, we see the lamb transitioning to a lion. This lamb who is the Lord Jesus Christ. John saw him in Revelation 5 and he, and he was called the lion of the tribe of Judah, which has prevailed. But when John turned to see the lion, he saw the lamb. But this lamb was the only qualified kinsman redeemer to claim the book. And that book which is called, not the lion's book of life, but the lamb's book of life. And so this book of redemption that he stepped forth to claim only the lamb, who is the lion, could take the book but called the Lamb's book of life. This book was written in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. Amen? I'm looking for an amen here. I'm locked in. Praise the Lord. Amen. There you are on the screen. God bless you. And, and, and this Lamb's book of life was written before the foundation of the world in the mind of God. So in the mind of God, it was always the book of the Lamb. All right. In the mind of God, it was the book of the overcoming of the lamb, not of the lion. And this is, this is important, these little details here. Because the lamb is the one that prevailed, even though John heard the elders say, the lion has prevailed. But John didn't know him as lion, and when he turned to see the lion, it was something new to him, but he said, I saw the lamb. I didn't see the lion. I was, I was not looking at the characteristics of a lion. I was looking at the characteristics of a lamb as it had been slain. And so it's, it's a, this book is a description then of the redemptive purpose of God from Eden to the new heavens and the new earth. Because it's the book of the lamb. The angels didn't need the lamb. Are you with me? The angels didn't need the lamb. The, the God himself doesn't need a lamb, but he is a lamb. So uh, there's many characteristics that, that even Adam and Eve, when they were in the Garden of Eden, they didn't know they were going to need a lamb because they didn't need a lamb at that time. But when, it, when the time came, then the purpose of the lamb became made known to, to uh, humanity. Now, let me just stop here for a moment, take a breath. Even evolutionary scientists, which evolution has now been proved false, but evolutionary scientists uh, 
they, they even say amongst themselves, if evolution is true, how did there ever, how did sheep ever evolve? They're helpless. They, they, you know, evolution is survival of the fittest, right? It's, it's, uh, how, how did sheep ever happen to, you know, stay in existence after all this time? What's the purpose of a sheep, in other words? In evolution, you know, if I can say it this way, there's no purpose to a sheep. But in creation, there's a purpose to a sheep. You understand what I'm saying? In God's economy, the sheep has a purpose. In man's economy, the sheep has no purpose. As far as they're concerned, it, it's, it's just a creature that kind of ha- has no real objective other than to be eaten or, or, or to be wool or sheared or that sort of thing. But, but now we have to recognize that God is dis- declaring His attributes. He's declaring His nature. Uh, and, and so, He, this, this one that is called the Lion of the tribe of du- Judah, I'm seeing several different channels running through my mind right now at the same time. So I'm just kind of jumping out of one into another. This one called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You have to recognize, we recognize a lion. And I'll just say, evolution recognizes a lion. A fierce creature surviving. You know, a creature that lives by its ability to hunt and to kill. And they recognize that. They can recognize those attributes. But God's redemptive purpose is founded in a lamb. Uh, the purpose of which that can only be seen by revelation. If you, if God doesn't reveal the lamb to you, you'll ever understand the redemptive purpose of God. And that, my brothers, my sisters, is, is what we want to speak on this morning. The lion is often the one that we prefer. The lion of the tribe of Judah has a great, uh, how can we say, a great ring to it. You know, my son Gideon, he loves the story of David and Goliath. Uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, killing the giant. He likes to play that. I don't understand why I always got to be Goliath. But, you know, it's... it's uh, he loves that story of David and Goliath and, and, and he loves to be the giant slayer and he loves to be the, the conqueror, the superhero. You know, there's something in man that, you know, kind of wants that and, and wants to be identified with a conqueror. And, and we see even the disciples, you know, they, they viewed that the Jews, they, that was the pinnacle of their kingdom of Israel was David as a king, and then, of course, giving way to Solomon, his son, the son of David, and, and to rule on that throne. And, and to rule as a king is to rule with a rod of iron. And that's where the Lamb is going to during the millennium, if I just drop that in here, how that He will rule and reign with a rod of iron. That is indeed the purpose of Christ with his bride at his side. But the disciples were even amongst the Jews who were looking for the restoration of a kingdom. They were looking for a natural kingdom. They had in their mind envisioning like David, like Solomon on the throne. They they were, they 
they, they had an idea that Jesus was born for that purpose. And they even asked him, even after the resurrection, they said, you know, will you at this time uh, restore again the kingdom to Israel? That was their thinking, their mentality of, a, of their idea of a kingdom and of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Because they had a promise in Matthew chapter 2 records it, thou Bethlehem. In the land of Judah art thou not the least of the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. That's, of course, taken from the book of Micah. And Micah chapter 5, as he recites that, Brother Branham identifies Micah looking at the book of Ruth, which is the book of redemption, how that he looked at her and saw how Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David, and this was all centered around uh, Bethlehem. And Micah, looking at that, caught a revelation, out of Bethlehem will come the governor will come the one that will rule Israel. And, and, and recognizing the prophecy of God in the lives of Boaz and Obed and Jesse and David and on down, centered around that town, the house of God's bread. That's why Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem as, as we're coming into the Christmas season. And, and as people talk about Bethlehem, thinking, oh, well, it, it's just a, 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 an interesting story. They had to be taxed or they had to go back home and you know we all have been told go back home now stay in your homes don't go anywhere and, and you know that's kind of where we are in the covid may there may there be another christmas time a real christmas time not not a uh celebration of commercialism but a time of jesus christ being manifested in bride form and so we're we're there they were in bethlehem and the prophet recognizing that and prophesying that now and the disciples looking there and, and, and saying, well, you know, it was the governor that was to come out of Bethlehem and we believe Jesus is the governor. See, they not, didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. And so then, then they had to look back at that and they're identifying and trying to put these pieces together. So you, you can get in the flesh and try and put things together. You can, you can try and, and just, well, you know, shouldn't it be like this and shouldn't it be like that? Even in the message, you know, you, well, there's this quote and there's that quote and there's all kinds of things. You've got to really be careful. You have to really be careful because you've got to be led of the Spirit even in the Word of God as you place it together. And so the disciples were asking that, won't you restore the kingdom? But now, you see, they didn't know what they were asking. I'll say it. They didn't know that they were what they were asking. Because when Jesus takes the throne of David, he will rule with a rod of iron. And that rod of iron doesn't just apply to the unbeliever. It applies to the believer. See, the disciples didn't realize it, but they were looking for Revelation 19. In restoration of a kingdom. The lion characteristic of Christ is for the millennium time. When he will rule and reign with his bride. And you can read it from verse 13 to 16. It says, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. That with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the wrath of 
the tread at the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God, and he on his vesture, and he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He, the Word of God, will rule with a rod of iron. He was born a king, but he was not born for a king in man's perspective. All right. Now, I'm just going through this. Pilate asked Jesus, he says to him, your own nation has rejected you. He says, I'm not a Jew. Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. He says, what have you done? He says, I didn't accuse you. They accused you. That's your nation. And Jesus says to him, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not hence. In other words, my kingdom doesn't fit this world's order of what a kingdom is. Are you with me? Everybody there on the screen, you're with me. All right. So that, that my kingdom doesn't fit your natural ideas of a kingdom. What I came to fulfill is impossible to be understood, and so I'll just say it very plainly, in the civilization of serpent seed. All right? This kingdom is a totally different kingdom. And, and Pilate says to him, he says, then he replies to that, he says, are you a king then? Jesus said, thou sayest that I'm, I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So now he changes from uh, I have a kingdom to I come to bear witness of the truth and everybody that is of the truth. In other words, this kingdom is truth. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to live in the current age that we're living in today of fake news, if I can use the term that the president uses down there, or uh, deception on every hand, and false representation. Brother Bram talked about false advertising, and, and all of these things that we have all around us now. That's the kingdom we, we are in, in the natural. There's no truth to it. It's deceptive. It's it's a bunch of lies out there, and the more deception they can get away with, the happier they are. Jesus says, my kingdom is truth, and those that are of the truth hear my voice. I say, amen, Lord. Amen. That's the one I'm listening for. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, he, he, so notice now, when, when Pilate says, your own kingdom... Jesus said, it's not my kingdom. My kingdom's not of this world. He didn't come for a human order. And, and, and I'll just say, he didn't come for a human order in the best that we can produce, even in our churches. All right? If I say it this way. We, we try. We've been given an order by a prophet. 
that has told us how a service should be conducted and how we ought to get ourselves out of the way for the moving of the Spirit and how we ought to worship Him and all of those kind of things. So he's, he's expressing the thoughts of God for this realm. And we view that in, in the light of the Lamb because, again, everything that deals with fallen humanity, you have to view through the Lamb. And so we could have the best singing. We could have the best preaching around the world. We could have the best following. And I, and I say, I don't say we because we don't have a following, but people can have the best following. They can be the greatest preacher. They can say, oh, well, I go, I got so many groups all over the world and I got this. And, and, and people can say, well, I got thousands in my church and, and this is the way we preach it and this is the way we believe it and all those kind of things. The best we have to offer still falls short. And even in the midst of all that, because he's not coming for a kingdom. See, he's not coming for a certain order. He's not coming for for something that humanity can build up. As he even said, you know, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? He says, there's nothing you can do for me. That's not what I'm coming for. He's coming for individuals. Amen. He's coming for you individually. You don't have to be a part of this order or a part of that order. It's, it's not saying, well, it's this church or it's that church or you, whether you talk about Cloverdale or whether you talk about Jeffersonville or whether you talk about this town or that town or this church or that church or this preacher or that ch- preacher. It's not a part of a system. His kingdom is not of this world. He's coming for individuals. It's an individual revelation that he comes for. That's the lamb. Amen. He's a personal lamb. He's a God provided lamb for every individual. Amen. God provided a lamb for Abraham. God provided a lamb for Bartimaeus. God provides a lamb, an individual lamb. Many times, you know, I'll just, I'll just say sometimes we get into the attitude, whether we like to admit it or not, that is kind of like the disciples. We, we don't want the lamb, we want the lion. We want God to straighten it all out. And, uh, you know, the disciples, uh, when, when Jesus would go through Samaria and the town rejected them, said, well, you know, he's got his mind on other things. We don't want him because Jesus had his mind steadfast towards Jerusalem. And, and, uh, so the disciples, James and John came to Jesus and said, Lord, will you that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Even as Elijah did. Would you, is that, is that what you'd like us to do? But Jesus turned and rebuked them and he said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. See, they were looking for the lion. They were looking for the one that ruled with a rod of iron. That means you do it the right way or I'll just, uh, we'll just clear the slate here. And so they were, they were desiring. They didn't know what they were desiring. He says, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Amen. Brother Branham, uh, you know, he, one time he, he was in a restaurant. Uh, and he was, uh, if I can just find that thought here. As he was in a restaurant in Toledo, Ohio. Way back in the early part of his ministry. And, and he was... It, the regular restaurant he was going to was was closed for Sunday because it was run by Christians. 
And so he went to this other restaurant. And I've been in places like this around the world where it seems like the only place available. And he walked in and I could just imagine him standing at the door looking around and seeing the reason they're open on Sunday. He says, in one place, there's a police officer playing a slot machine. He says, which was illegal in that state. He says, the police officer had his arm around a girl in a, in a rather immoral looking fashion. He says, and then, he says, in one booth, there was some young people, young girl and young boys doing things, he says, uh, that you wouldn't even describe. And, and then another booth, he says, there's an old woman and just looked sickly because she was all made up, you know, uh, lipstick and, and, uh, uh, makeup on and short hair and ungodly clothing. And, you know, he just surveyed the scene. And, and, and as often we are ought, and I'll just say, sometimes we, we find ourselves in this position. And so I'm just cautioning us this morning. And as he sits there, Brother Bram says, I thought, oh God, why don't you just wipe the thing off the map? My, what a statement. And maybe we've all been guilty of that sometime. You know, we look, we look at, uh, we look at this, the current age that we live in and all of the evil and all of those kind of things. And maybe we wonder, Lord, why don't you just wipe the thing off the map? And Brother Brown says, I thought, God, how can your holy righteousness stand it? Look like your righteous indignation would fly out there and blow this place up. My. Sounds like James and John, doesn't it? Yeah, fire from heaven. Just wipe this thing off the map. What kind of an ungodly place is? He says, then I heard the angel of the Lord say, come aside. You know the story, but I'll just recount a little bit of it. He says, I walked over there. When he got through with me, I felt like a different person. He says, what are you condemning her for? I says, look at the way she is. And, and he says, I saw a vision and I saw this, a world like this around another world, but this world here had a little rainbow around it. And that was the blood of Christ that protects God's wrath. He says, you couldn't, he couldn't destroy the thing right now because he said, the day you eat thereof, the day you die. So he'd do it. But then I thought like this, I seen myself. And although I didn't do it, but I was a sinner anyhow. And then the blood of Jesus Christ acts to us like a bumper. He says that when I saw my sins hit him and jarred his precious head, and I could see the tears and the blood running down, forgive him, Father. He don't know what he's doing. And I'd do something else. And then it hit it, and he'd say, forgive him, Father. And, and he knew that if it ever got past that bumper of blood, that he would be destroyed. Because you see, he was still a lamb to the world. And as long as that blood circled the world, so to speak, that it was a bumper between the sinner and a righteous God. Because if our sins ever made it through the blood into the presence of God, then we would simply be destroyed. Remove the blood and all humanity is destroyed. And so Brother Branham, he goes over and he realizes as Jesus, he says, uh, I seen one day I crawled up to him and I seen my old book laying there a sinner. And there laid everything on it and I seen my sins is what was doing it. And I said, Lord, will you forgive me? And he took his hand 
put it in his side and got some blood out and wrote across the top and said, pardoned. And throw it back in the sea of forgetfulness to remember it no more. It was gone forever. He said, I forgive you, but you're condemning her. He says, Lord, have mercy. See, Brother Branham recognized he was not pulling on the lamb. He was pulling on the lion. And many times that's us. You know, as I was thinking about this this morning before the service, I could just hear that song. Hear the cries. Of the shackles from the onset of time. I could see the age we're living in and how that the evilness of it and the people are so bound, so bound in this age. And it's so easy to condemn them. It's so easy to say it's all evil. It's all wrong. And it all needs to be wiped off. It's all atomic fodder. It's easy to say. But be careful what you ask for. Because no man, no woman in an unredeemed body can stand before God. There's a reason these tabernacles need to be changed before we cross onto the other side. Before we step out in the millennium, we cannot endure the ministry of the lion of the tribe of Judah in these bodies because we will make mistakes as long as we're in these bodies. Hello? We will constantly, commonly, every day make mistakes. We need the grace of the Lamb. We need the Father. Forgive Him. He doesn't know what He's doing. And as long as we're in these bodies, I'm looking forward to the day when it's going to be changed. But you don't want to go to that Lion of the tribe of Judah in this body. Because in this body, one thought off and you're gone. One mistaken thought and you're, and you're not worthy for the ministry of the rod of iron. That will rule. A rod of iron simply means there can be no mistake. And as long as we're in these tabernacles, we'll commonly make mistakes. Brother Branham said he went over there and talked to the woman, led her to the Lord. And then he makes a statement. He says, don't condemn them. Tell them the gospel. He says, they're demon possessed. They're mortals in this realm. They're influenced from over here. Our influence comes from above. Let's see what we can do with our talents to win others for Christ. What do you look at now when you see out in the world? I had to sit at my desk this morning and I'll admit I was just weeping. If That's not very edifying, but you know, I was, I was in tears thinking about this world. They don't stand a chance. There's only one thing that can help them is if they can see the Lamb. If they can see the Lamb that was slain in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. If they can see the one, the kinsman redeemer that came forth in in the Gospels and manifested his life and died for us on Calvary, not willing to accept an outer way, not my will, but thy will be done, and see him as he truly is. Not a God to be sympathized with, not a God that just, oh, well, you know, you're just a sinner and, and, you know, if you can figure it out, I'll save you. No, but if we can look at the characteristic of the Lamb and receive the redemptive blessing of the Lamb and have our 
our lives changed and his nature put within us and have the life of the lamb that emanates from heaven flow through these mortal bodies to this sinful age. And maybe by God's grace, we can find one person that's still redeemable. We can find just someone else that'll say, oh, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Hallelujah. I'm I'm sorry. There's not a lot of people here to get worked up with me about this, but I'll tell you what, I'm worked up about it. You know, uh, Peter, you know, even right at the end of the ministry, took out his sword and tried to defend Jesus with his sword. Jesus says, put away your sword. They that take the sword will perish by the sword. That's not what my kingdom's about. It's not the fulfillment of redemption. Jesus says, he says, how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? You see, you can't fulfill redemption as a lion. You can only do it as a lamb. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? The camera's far back, but uh, I'm, I'm just very... I want to be personal with you this morning. Don't look for the lion. Look for the lamb. Don't look for a God that's going to take his sword and, and, and just, you know, fix every problem and just solve every situation and put everything in order and get rid of all the enemies. No, you're going to have enemies right to the end. You're going to have problems right to the end. You're going to have trials right to the end. It's all going to be there. Don't look for the lion. We want the lion. We want him to come down. We want, we want a, a temporary heavenly kingdom right where we live, right? Not, no problems around us. Not, nothing ever goes sideways. Don't look for the lion. Look for the lamb. There's where the power is. There's where the rights are. We have to be careful. Because, you know, even uh, if we really understood it. You know, Elijah. You know, the disciples asked about Elijah. Let's press forward a little bit here. And they, they said, as Elijah called fire from heaven, should we also? Brother Bram said, Elijah was the justice of God. He says, he says in the message, hear ye him. He says, the law was not a savior after all. Now I'll just say this. The ministry, as we read this, the ministry of the lion, a rod of iron, is a law. But only then, in that redeemed condition, can you fulfill the law. That's why we're proving under the rod of iron that man can now live a thousand years. But right now we're under grace and under the ministry of the Lamb. And we cannot overcome by a lion ministry at this time. Okay, but Brother Branham, so Brother Branham explains it here and he says, the law was not a savior after all. The law was the prison house. Because it, why was it the prison house? Because we're unredeemed. We have these mortal bodies. They're imperfect. You can't, you can't live under a law. Israel proved that. You just can't do it. You can't, in these mortal bodies, it's impossible to fulfill the law. He says the law only made you know you as a sinner. The law pointed out your sin, but it didn't have a remedy. If the policeman comes and arrests you and throws you back in jail, that's the law. That shows that you're a sinner. How 
But how are you going to get out? That's the next thing. The law was the schoolmaster. It pointed out sin. And then what did Elijah mean? Elijah was the justice of God. No man can be saved by the law. So I don't want to hear Moses anymore. No man's saved by it. Now, no man could be saved by the law. It hasn't got no grace in it at all. So you can't be saved by your works, by the law. So then we'll find out that what Elijah meant, he was the justice of God. All right. Then he says he went up on the mountain. And here's to show his justice. God told him, go up on the mountain and sit down. And when he did, the king sent up 50 men and, and said, come down off there, Elijah. We want to talk to you. You'll find this in 2 Kings chapter 1. All right. So there's Elijah on the mountain and the, the king, the king, he's a ruler. He's got rights. He's got authority. He says, sends 50 people, 50 men under a captain. He says, go get Elijah. Tell him I want to talk to him right now. So the first captain, in all of his arrogance, and all of his authority, with his 50 men backing him up, he goes up to the mountain. He says, come down off the mountain, Elijah, O man of God. And, and Elijah raised up and says, if I be a man of God, let fire come from heaven and consume you. And the fire fell out of heaven and consumed the 50. You want the law? Here's the law. That's what he's saying. You want justice? Here's justice. You want rights? Here's rights. You think the king has a right? To talk to me as a man of God? Well, I'll show you who has a greater right. And the fire comes down from heaven and killed 50. Justice. It was tampering on God's territory. Who wants justice? I want to know today. Who in this church would plead for justice? Not me. I plead for mercy, not justice. I'm justly due to die and go to hell. But it's the mercy of God that saves me, not the justice. I don't want it. Oh, the king said, that might have been an accident. Perhaps it was just a thunderbolt from the sky. We'll send another 50. And so he sends another 50. And that old prophet raises up in the stern justice of God and says, if I be a man of God, let fire come and burn you up. And it come down and destroyed 50 more. See, it wasn't an accident. It was the justice of God. How dare anybody say, I want justice. I don't want justice, he says. I want mercy. How dare anybody say, hello, anybody? How dare anybody say, this isn't right. I want justice. Believe me, we have all felt like that. Amen? We have all felt like that. I, I, this just doesn't work. This is not right. This is not correct. God, I want just. We don't want justice. Never plead justice. Always plead mercy. And then you'll find, if you read the chapter later, I was going to say, again, when you go home, I'm talking to people at home, uh, when, when you have a moment, uh, you want to read Second Kings chapter 1 and uh, uh, read, see that the third captain went with the right approach. He didn't approach him on the rights of the king. He approached him on the basis of mercy. And the third captain went up and he says, oh, man of God. I pray, let my life and the life of these 50 thy servants be precious in your sight. He says, There's, behold, fire came and burned up two captains and the former 50s with their 50s. And therefore, let my life now be precious in your sight. And then God speaks to Elijah and says, all right, he come the right approach. Go with him and I'll be with you. It's the right approach. Be careful what you ask for. You might get it. 
We're living in Laodicea. What does Laodicea mean? People's rights. We're living in an age where rights seems to be the prevalent thing on people's minds in many different ways. And so I I just want to say we have to be very careful as we walk through Laodicea. We're in Laodicea, but we're not of Laodicea. People's rights, we find them protesting in the streets for people's rights. All right? I'm not, I'm not railing against or I'm not uh, denying any problems in this world. There are many problems. There's people in the streets protesting for the rights of the black people. There's people in the streets protesting for the rights of to wear masks or not wear masks. There's people protesting in the streets for their different rights on different things. That's all people's rights. That's all natural rights. That's all rights according to what they call the, uh, uh, in Canada, I think it's the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. In the United States, I think it's called the Bill of Rights. And uh, they, they kind of mean the same thing. And there's different things in there. And we even have to be careful as believers. And I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. We have to be careful of believers what we're asking for. Because even in the bill, in the Charter of Rights of Canada, there is a, a, a law that describes freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. All right, all of those things are in the Canadian Charter of Rights, and I, I believe they're in the American Bill of Rights as well. And there are certain things, and I don't have time to go into a lot of the details of it. Uh, there are a lot of things in there that are pertaining to all of this Charter of Rights, which, as far as the religious part in Canada, it's never been tested in the courts. And so, so that may be happening in the days ahead. That's fine. That's all right. But I just want to say this morning, those aren't the rights that I'm looking for. All right? You've got to be careful now what you ask for, because you might get it. The next is, I'll just say, the other thing you don't want to ask for is what we've been ministering on. You don't want to ask for the rights of the lion. Because under those rights, we can't live. We have, we have to have a body change. But there is another realm. And that is the rights that have been restored by the revealing of the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Now these are different rights. These are greater rights. These are eternal rights. And these are rights that are supernatural in every respect. All right. And I'll just read a couple of statements here. In that, uh, now Brother Branham says in the breach, he says, Now, he has the title deed to redemption. He has it in his hand. He's talking about the lamb. Mediation is done. He has it in the, in the, in his hand. Remember, it's been the hand, in the hand of God all the time, but now it's in the hands of the lamb. All right. Why did it, was it in the hands of God? Because when Adam and Eve lost the title deed, it went back to the hand of God. 
Now, the, now, being in the hand of God, there had to be someone who was worthy to take the book. None of us could go. The Bible says there's no one worthy in heaven, earth, under the earth. Nobody was found worthy to take the book and to loose the seals. So none of us could go to God and say, I want what's on that title deed. I want my inheritance. I want my rights. I want my position. Nobody could do it. But there was one who who was God himself becoming a kinsman redeemer. The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He was worthy. As As the elder said, weep not, John. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seal thereof. So Brother Branham goes on. He says, now watch the title deed of redemption of all creatures. Creation is in his hand and he's come to claim it back for the human race. So the only way to partake of these rights is by the lamb taking the book. Amen. Not the lion. The lamb. Not enforceable as a king, but redeemed as a kinsman redeemer. Hallelujah. He says he's he's come to claim it back for the human race, not claim it back to angels. Claim it back to the human which it was given for to make sons and daughters of God again, to bring them back to a garden of Eden, everything they lost. The whole creation, the trees, the animal life, everything else. Um, I'm not, that's in the breach message. I'm going to read another paragraph out of the third seal here. He says, so when the last soul comes in, then the time of redemption is finished. Then the lamb comes forth to claim his rights to what he has redeemed. And that's all creation. The earth and everything else belongs to him. He has redeemed it with his own blood. You can't take the blood away from the gospel until these bodies are changed. Because when you take the blood away, it becomes the lion. And under the lion, nobody can survive. He says, when he comes forth to take this book up and open it, my John didn't weep anymore. He looked and this lamb was a slain lamb. It had already been killed, but it was alive again. The lamb's book of life. The rights of everything that Adam and Eve had lost. The title deed. The children of God. Our rights to eternal purposes in the kingdom of God. Our rights to who we are as sons and daughters of God. As Jesus was the wave sheep, the firstborn among many brethren. As it was waved down through the ages. He was an attribute of the fullness of the measure of the attribute of God become flesh. And that was an expression of every attribute of God down through the ages. And how did he come? He did not come as a lion. He come as a lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. Oh, it's so counterintuitive to the age that we're living in. It's so different than anybody thinks in this hour that we're living in. Because they're just thinking about, oh, we enforce this and we enforce this and God will do this and God will do that. No, it's saints, the only way to come into this kingdom is with the nature of a Lamb. Hallelujah. We all must take on the nature of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. He says, therefore, now, this is that a restoration of the bride tree. I love this part. He says, therefore, we have a right to force these claims upon Satan and say, give it back. And he has to do it because we can take God's agent, the Holy Spirit, 
go right down on our knees and say, it's thus saith the Lord, he's got to give it up. That's all. Because the Holy Spirit is there to make him do it. Amen. It says, the law of the land is to enforce. It's by the land for the land. But the law of the Spirit of God is to force Satan to give up that which he has unrightfully, deceitfully taken from God. Souls of men he took from God. Souls of women, children, sickness in the body. He placed upon the people where God made them in his image to be like him. And the church is given the rightful legal rights by the Bible to take the Holy Spirit and enforce this upon them. Hallelujah. So now it's no longer lying, but now it's as a lamb. Lord, you said, by your stripes I'm healed. Lord, you said that I could have my family. Lord, you said everything, uh, everything that he promised in the book now, everything that Adam and Eve had a right to is ours, but not by the lion, but by the lamb. Jesus walking on the earth saying, Father, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Can you say that every time you pray? I remember praying for a young man up here. Uh, uh, he was... He was going through schooling and uh, wanted prayer, needed God's intercession. And, and uh, he, I know that he felt like, you know, if we just ask, you know, it'd be just, it just happened that way. And, and, uh, and so we were praying. And then I said, and I think I even said to him, I said, well, I understand your circumstance. But I says, before we even go to prayer, we got to understand we want God's will in this, not our will. And so, so we prayed and, and, uh, uh, at the end of it all, I, I just prayed, Father, regardless of what we want, not my will, not our will, but your will be done. And you know what? He did not get what he asked for. Because you've got to approach him as the lamb. Not my will, but your will be done. And it turned out, if it hadn't worked out that way, there was something else that was falling into place afterwards. And if we and if he'd have got the first request, he wouldn't have got the better part. Because why? God sees more than we see. Amen. And God is the one putting it all together. So we can rest in the Lamb. Not our will, but your will be done. That's why Paul was amazed with the Galatians. I've got to come to the missions part of the service here. I want to get to a certain thought. Paul was amazed with the Galatians. He says, I, I don't understand you folks. He says, were you saved by faith? Were you saved by grace? Or were you saved by the law? He says, this is the way he puts it. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which there is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul was pretty straight with that. And then, then a little bit later in the book he says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified amongst you, the Lamb of God. The, this only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? 
He says, oh, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, or are you now made perfect in the flesh? Don't ask for the lion. Lord, give me the lamb. Lord, just give me the lamb. Give me the lamb every day. Give me the lamb in the morning. Give me the lamb in the afternoon. Give me the lamb in the evening time. Yes, there's times when in, the, when in our human exasperation, in our human frailties, we just want to crowd. Oh, God, why don't you set this in order? Lord, why don't you just bring this to completion? Oh, any parent that's ever had trouble with a, with a, with a child has perhaps in exasperation cried out, Oh God, just, just force them to come in. That's not what you want. You want the Lamb of God. You want the mercy of God to be extended. Lord, I don't want your justice for any one of my children. I want your mercy for every one of my children. Amen. We want the mercies of God to be extended. You cannot inherit the kingdom by works. So we read that Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice by faith. Paul says in Romans, he says, Every man that is among you, I say, through the grace given to me to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. It's the revelation that he gives you in the Lamb that we have. Outside of that, we don't have nothing. That's what Abel was measured by, was his faith in a provided sacrifice. We also only are the faith that lays within us. So Brother Branham says in perfect faith. He says the only thing you have to do then. Is to have faith in what you are. Have faith in what the word says you are. And Jesus had faith in the word of God. That said what he was. He quoted it was written. It is written of me. And he says a believer is the faith of God. That moves in you. That's what we are. Think of yourself only as God has revealed in you the, the, the measure of faith to each and every individual. For rejoicing then in what the Lamb has made us. Rejoicing then in what we are in the Lamb. Rejoicing in our inheritance in the Lamb. Rejoicing in the measure that God has deposited in my life. What measure? Not of a lion, but of a lamb. Not, not my place in the lion's book of life, but the lamb's book of life. Not my place in redemption by force or by works of the flesh. Not by any natural thing that I have done, as Paul says, laying aside everything. He says that, that is in the past, pressing towards the mark. For the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He says, I, I, I could count things that according to the flesh. I could talk about myself. I was this. You know, we could go down the list. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. A tribe of Benjamin circumcised on the eighth day concerning the law. Blameless. But he says, I don't count any of those of any value. I, matter of fact, not just of no value, but I count them all but dumb. That I might attain unto the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's something more valuable than any fleshly work. 
And that's which the Lamb has done and the Lamb has paid for. Our inheritance is in the Lamb. Our redemption is in the Lamb. Our satisfaction is in the Lamb. You can cue up the PowerPoint. And so he says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready for what? Being married to a lion? No, a lamb. Being married to a lamb. That's what we have made ourselves ready. How do you make yourself ready to be married to a lamb? Well, a lamb will only marry a lamb. You can't take on a lion nature to be married to a lamb. You've got to have a lamb nature to be married to a lamb. Brother Branham talks about it at length. Says a lamb willing to give up your rights. Oh my. And then he goes into, you think I'm bad for mentioning rights that are not of the bride. Brother Branham goes in and says, you have a right as an American citizen, he says. You have a right to cut your hair, sisters. You have a right, brothers, to smoke cigarettes. You have a right to, to drink. You have a right to do all these things. You have a right. And those are natural rights that we have in the land that we live. If you're of age, you can smoke, you can drink, you can, you can do what you want. There's all kinds of things I wouldn't even, immoral things that are now rights in this land. I'll say, uh, well, let me just say it. Homosexuality is a right in this land. Transgenderism. I don't even know how that is. Is that a word? All this gender stuff, it's a right now in our land. All these things are rights in this land. But to be united to the lamb, you have to become a lamb. And a lamb lays its rights down to be sheared. But the ram says there's nothing like shearing a sheep. A goat don't want to be sheared. No other animal wants to be sheared. But a sheep will just lay there and be sheared. In other words, give up its rights to its wool in order to, to help someone else or to be a part of something. And that's the way it is with a Christian. We take on the nature of the Lamb. To rejoice in the nature of the Lamb. I'm glad that I don't live in this world relying on the Bill of Rights. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. I don't rely on the Bill of I hate being shut down. I hate this COVID stuff. I, I, I can't stand it. Here we are sitting in a church. They... They just had once again a visitation this morning from the, the bylaw people. I saw that going on there in the back as they're watching everybody, make sure they have masks on, make sure they're sitting distance apart, all that kind of stuff. That's where we are in this age. I can't stand it. You can't stand it. Nobody likes it. The border's closed. We can't stand it. We could pursue it in our natural rights. You might win. You might lose. We don't know. But I'll tell you what. I gave up those rights to take on the rights of the wife of the lamb. My rights is in him. My enforcer is not the police. It's not the bylaw department. My enforcer is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. My enforcer is God himself. Our inheritance is in him. Our redemption is in him. Our satisfaction is in him. So when we, when we talk about, and we go overseas, and we, we talk about what God's doing overseas, what are they rejoicing in? They're rejoicing in the revelation of the Lamb. They're rejoicing that God has done something in our day to reveal the Lamb to everyone individually. 
It's not something additional, but it's a true revelation of what laid in the book all the time. That's why Brother Branham keeps emphasizing the book was in the hand of God. The book was in the hand of God. The book, in other words, it's not written in the last days. It was there all the time. But it was hidden until the last days. And when the seals are removed, it reveals the mystery of redemption that's laying in the book. And that's what these people are rejoicing in in these countries. And even as uh, you can even actually go up and bring up the uh, the slides for me and put them up on the screen. And, uh, you know, we're going to deal with the country of Angola is the only country we're going to deal in detail. And uh, but you'll see some people here that are happy that they got a, 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 a office there that's now printing books for them. And they're able to put out many books. And why are we printing books? Why are we getting this message out? What is the purpose of it? This is the purpose. I read this before, but I'm going to read it again. Out of present stage of my ministry. Brother Branham says, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision that's happened down there on the river. I've stayed true to it. And he's been true to me. I'm trusting in him. Someday, I don't know when, for a crowning of my ministry... I'll just stay as true as I could be. I don't know when. I, do, I don't know what it'll be. I don't know when it'll be. But I hope he'll crown my ministry with this by letting me take the clothes of the word and dress his bride in the clothes of his word and for his righteousness. We read the Lamb's marriage. It says... Let us be glad and rejoice for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. What are we doing? We're putting clothes into the hands of the wife to make herself ready. He says, I hope he'll crown me and let me stand there on that day and say, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen. That's where we're looking. If I could... Say it to Brother Branham, I'd say that's where we're looking, Brother Branham. That's where you pointed us, to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. To the clothing that the bride needs to clothe herself with this word of righteousness. Amen. So in Angola, I'll just say, last, uh, last year, it's hard to believe it was only last year, when we were there, this was the, this was the condition that we found the printing in, in Angola. Uh, on the left there was a, a small print station in the church of uh, a Brother um, Williams, I believe is the right name. I know the brother on the left there, the short brother, his name is Timothy. I couldn't forget that. And uh, on the right there is the print station that we provided for uh, Brother Jean-Baptiste and his church. And so these brothers were doing the best they can do with what they had to work with. And uh, uh, the one on the left was sponsored by Brother Jason Jackson and the church there in Arkansas. Now, uh, after looking at it and, and analyzing it and different things, we decided that, you know, maybe we could do a little bit better for the people in Angola in putting together one office and one print area that's separate from all the churches and just set up a, a print station that anybody can come and get books. And so we, we do it. Uh, with a, a larger piece of equipment. Uh, this is a duplicator printer uh, unit, and it, it's a high-speed unit that, that prints very simply, uh, but nevertheless very quickly, and but requires 
extra collating and that sort of thing, which we don't, uh, we don't do that by machinery. That's extra expense. But what we do is we give them the opportunity, the brothers and sisters to come together and to help. And we collate by hand, just like we do up in the office here and put the books together by hand, staple them, trim them, which is what you'll see. So in November, uh, I think it was November the 9th. I should just uh, pull up my report here. And uh, how that on November the seventh, uh, rather, they had a grand opening uh, for the library there, and they had many people in in attendance. Now, while we're on this screen, you'll see a picture very similar to what's on the front of the Believers Faith Challenge report. Now, in the Believers Faith Challenge report, you'll see the story of Angola. Uh, you won't be able to see as much as I'm going to show you this morning. Nor will you see as much as we can share with you on what we call the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Now I just want to share that with you while we're at this point. Because if you want to hear more about missions than I can share in a service, you'll hear other voices. Brother Murphy's on there. Other brothers are on there. Uh, we have a, what's called a Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. The way you get that, those of you that are familiar with podcasts, uh, you search it. Uh, by Believer's Faith Challenge, by any podcast app, Believer's Faith Challenge, and you'll be able to get that podcast. Uh, it's just like a, for those of you that are maybe of the previous generation, like myself, it's like a radio program, and uh, but it's just in, in certain segments, maybe 10, 20, 25 minutes long, and you'll hear things on the podcast you won't hear anywhere else. All right, so I'll just tell you that. So those of you that are younger, you know what podcasts are. But those of you that are older, you download on your device, whatever that is, a a podcast player of some sort, and then you search for the podcast, Believer's Faith Challenge, from any podcast, or even on Google, Believer's Faith Challenge Report Podcast uh, gives you a link to a number of outlets. All right, so that's the podcast. And you'll hear more about it there, more than even we can put into the BFCR, which by now, most of you that are watching will have received your BFCR, uh, Believer's Faith Challenge Report, in the mail. I won't spend a lot of time talking about that. Praise the Lord. But I want to talk about these people in Angola who are rejoicing. Because it's a tremendous thing that the Lord has started to do in Angola in putting the word into the hand of the bride. So the brothers write me and tell me that the library, on opening day, they had three sessions of people uh, because they can only fit a certain amount in the library at one time. And so they took them in, gave them a presentation, even showed them, as you can see here, how to put books together, staple, trimming, and that sort of thing. And, and uh, uh, they were able to browse and look through some of the samples that the brothers had done, even though the high-speed printer had not arrived yet. But they printed off some tracks. We sent them some of the uh, samples that we had from Brazil and different things, which uh, uh, you can see there. And uh, so they're looking and enjoying what is available there at the uh, library there in Angola, in the capital city of Luanda. So you can see them coming together. The people are happy. They're, they're excited. Uh, matter of fact, there's 40 churches and two youth organizations that have signed up to be, to receive materials and to help in the need of putting them together. 22 volunteers specifically individually signed up and uh, they even had brothers bringing contributions. Praise the Lord. 
People uh, bring in their support to the library. And so we thank God for that. God's going to bless that. And we, we, we give God praise for all of the people's reports there. So they came in all the brothers tell me in the month of November, even though it was brand new, it, they, they had over 200 people come individually to come and receive books, receive tracts. We even got some of the church age books that Brother Barry Coffey printed in Portuguese and we got them to the library so people could have those and they just continually showed up at the library person after person. The word of mouth is spreading throughout the country. There's, there's 40 churches in the local area that want to receive messages, but, uh, in the outlying area, there's many churches phoning in now saying, hey, how do we get our messages and, and how do we get our books? So you pray for them over there in Angola. These brothers are working hard. That's Brother George Oyotola there in the center. Uh, Brother uh, Hippo, uh, we call him. Hippolyte is his name on the right. And Brother Nono uh, there, that's his name, uh, on the left. And uh, he's the manager of the office there and is there uh, seven, uh, six days a week. And so... We thank God for each one of these brothers that are laboring to get the word out in Angola. It's not just that there's a bride, but his wife has made herself ready. Amen. Now I want you to, if you would, you can pull up the Angola video. I have some video greetings that I'm going to give you from some different brothers. And as we close out this year for missions, uh, this is our last service this year. And so, uh, we thank God for everything that was done in missions this year. The, the, the COVID, uh, has certainly brought a damper upon things, but people have been burdened. These countries are now lifting the COVID restrictions. You'll hear about that. There's baptisms going on. Uh, in Ethiopia, brother, brother, uh, Mogus could not send a video greeting. He had a loss. His mother's brother died and he had to go back to the home country to attend the funeral. So he was not able to send a video greeting, but he wanted to send his greetings and give his thanks for everybody that all that they had given. And, uh, it's been difficult for them, but there's been 10 souls that people have heard about the message and believed and been baptized and so they're very thankful for that. The word is going out in Ethiopia. And uh, they're in the midst of building their temporary structure on the rented land that they're doing. They had a little bit of a hiccup with the local regulations, but that's been solved. And so pray for them there in Ethiopia. But here in Angola, I'll just give you the last. I should have just jumped right into this uh, video from Angola. Brother George will give you greetings for himself. Every day, Mondays to Saturdays. 
God bless you. Thank you very much for the project. Thank you very much for all you do for us. We thank you God for May God bless you. Amen. And that's Brother Ipo. Brother Ipo helps us for running around and he's here on Saturdays. Usually on Saturdays, Brother Ipo joins us in the library with myself, with Brother So we walk here on Saturdays. Brother you can say God bless you to the church. God bless you, church. We are very happy for this project that is provided by you, brothers. God bless you so much. Amen. So God bless you, brethren. The work is just starting. We will be starting printing from next week and uh, start making supplies to the churches. We are ready to start the work. Uh, we have about 40 churches that have indicated interest that have registered. And uh, we are looking at uh, printing 2,500 uh, messages uh, for each title, four titles in a month. That's about 10,000 copies. Already we are afraid that it may not go around because with the 40 churches, we have over 3,000 people, books required. So we, we, the plan for 2,500, we just hope will be sufficient. We expect that brethren will join for the work to come and collate. But we are, in all, we just want to thank the Lord for how far he has helped us. It's a, it's very, we are very grateful to God because we are operating legally now. We have our papers. And um, we look forward to giving the bride of Christ in Angola the messages in their hand. God bless you. Shalom. So there you heard the need in Angola. Uh, we have a budget. Brother Jason Jackson Church is, is bearing the largest portion of the budget, and we thank God for them. It's been their burden all along, and and uh, if Brother Jason or anyone in his church sees this video, we just want to say God richly bless you, each and every one. And uh, uh, we are also helping to supply, and you can see that, that there's a, a need greater than what we are able to currently supply. And so you pray, as God provides for Angola, we'll be raising the number of books to be printed there uh, to the levels that are sufficient for each and every uh, church. Now, keeping in mind... There's 1,200 messages. Probably 200 messages is what we call a seed library. Uh, a sufficient number of titles and depth of the message that I don't want to exclude the other messages, but I'll just say if you get these 200 central thoughts of, of the message of the hour, you will be able to be clothed with the Word. And, uh, and so you pray for a month. It's going to take a while to get up to 200. But you just pray that God will help these people. It's, it's entirely print on demand. We only print what's needed. There's no inventory kept other than a few books in the library. But if somebody comes in and needs books, we print on demand. And uh, that's just the better way to do it and, we, and the cost-effective way to do it. And we pray that God will bless them there. And so remember them in your prayers. And also remember the country of Uganda. Uh, we have several greetings from there. We'll hear from Brother Basabozi first. And uh, Brother Basabozi now runs the office in uh, Uganda, like the office we just set up in Angola. And we say office only because it has four walls. It's not like it's some fancy uh, structure with a lot of overhead. There's very little overhead. Um, I won't say how little the manager makes because you might be embarrassed. But uh, uh, they can get by on a lot less than we can over here. 
And so we can employ a, a brother over there for a very limited amount, and he can run the whole operation and make sure the books are distributed and everything. Brother Basabozi is our manager over in Uganda, and he's going to talk about a couple of things, but he'll mention about a camp, and I, I just want to say this up front so you understand the context. There is a refugee camp in eastern Uganda who are where they have many believers that have come to the message and they put in a special request for printing books in the languages that they needed, which included some English, some French, and, and some of the local languages there. And so because we're, we're able to print small quantities of many titles, 500 of a title is no problem, we're able to print in many different languages and get them out, and that was a major project that Brother Basabozi was working on in the last few months, and so that's been now distributed. You'll see that, and you'll be able to rejoice with them in the provision of the Lamb of God. Go ahead. Greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Brother Tim, Brother uh, Tom, and the saints at Crocodile Bible Way. Uh, I'm delighted to be able to greet you after quite a while. Uh, I was just thinking it's been about 10 years since I first had uh, a road to Brother Biscar and we got in touch but the team in about seven years, and the Lord has really accomplished a lot in this uh, in these few years, uh, be it from uh, what the Lord has done in Ethiopia, um, you know, work that has been started there now, thriving under the ministry of the Morgus in a, in Addis Ababa. Uh, the, the, I keep ministering to the saints, especially in the uh, southern part uh, where there is no church. I, I do that online. Uh, yet and and so the Lord has been so good and a lot has been accomplished and to what the Lord is doing here in Uganda where we have now been for uh, several months since the lockdown uh, without being able to exit the country and and so there is much work that has been done in the office here which is uh, uh, really fully supported by uh, the, 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 the Bible believers in the printing efforts, uh, purchasing of the book, uh, paper and, and the supplies. And I've been thinking it's been about 40,000 books uh, printed ever since we started this printing operation. And so uh, I have shortly, I'll show you a clip and pictures of uh, a few beneficiaries from this uh, uh, printing operation uh, that we just received uh, the other day. But before I do that, I just wanted to, for you to see a brother that really uh, supports me and works in, in the office, if we can just say God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, his name is Brother Shem, and, and so he's my brother-in-law, but uh, he's really done a lot to support and, and help out in the office uh, with the printing. Now, I'll just show you, uh, I don't know if I can do that here on, on the screen, uh, a few clips. I have a video clip, I think I'll begin with a video clip of these brothers receiving the, uh, the books and you can just see how happy they are. <laughs> Let's try to share 
the pictures as well. Just a moment. I just try to share the pictures here. Okay. So these are the boxes we, we printed out, uh, having the word end time message on it. Days of the voice publications is what we call, uh, what we do. And so you can see, you can see that brother there with a, with a book, printed book that we print in our office on the left hand, on the right hand, the church age book, which was printed in China and delivered here. Uh, in, in this picture, you can see that brother, Richard Nanyumba, uh, right here. This is the brother that uh, was able to source for these, uh, most of them refugees in that camp. Most of these are pastors, ministers. And, and there is Brother Richard sitting together with them. Uh, we delivered the books to Brother Richard and Brother Richard delivered them to these brothers. They, uh, Brother Richard and the other brothers were able to work on the transport to get these books delivered to the uh, ministers there. What the office, our office was able to do was to uh, print the books and then the rest of the brothers took it up from there. So that is what is happening and this is the, these are the books we uh, we print, and these covers were printed in, uh, in China and delivered to us, and so we, we print uh, the books and get them. Now, this is just one example of very many who have received uh, these books. Uh, these ministers are from uh, the refugee camp here called Nashivali in the uh, western or southern part of the country, and so uh, there are very many others receiving the books and the Bibles, uh, that also were delivered in the country, the uh, message players, we call it, MP3 players. I just wanted to say God bless you for standing uh, with the uh, with the saints here in whatever uh, that you do to uh, support the work to go on. Uh, I believe it doesn't go uh, unnoticed before the Lord. God bless you, and it's been wonderful to greet you and to, uh, to say God bless you. Uh, shalom. Amen. Well, we see, uh, excuse the, the quality of the video there. I got that one at the last minute and it was recorded on Zoom. So there's a little bit of disruption there. But uh, we thank God for the books and the messages going out. They're diligently printed. If you didn't understand him, he said there's been 40,000 books distributed so far in Uganda. That's just a phenomenal effort. And we thank God uh, and are able to base it locally, even though some of the books are printed in China and uh, there's a great need for reprinting of books there in Uganda, which you'll hear about uh, coming up if you can queue up uh, Brother Fred. Brother Fred Chienji is the, um, is the man who has been at the center of the revival there in Uganda, and it's still going on. I think he mentions on the video, you'll see it, but even while there, it was shut down, there was a hundred more churches that were interested in the message of the hour. I, I, I don't even have words to describe what's going on in Uganda. They're just, it's overwhelming even the trips that I've taken as recently as last November. Uh, it just, uh, it's impossible to visit all the places and all the churches. Uh, I, I just about wore myself out traveling just trying to get to see a few churches and there's hundreds of them. So remember the work in Uganda. I'll have more to say when we're done these next two clips.
Shalom to you, all believers around the world, most especially the believers in Ikrovadari Church. And shalom to you, all the ministers in the 540 ministry, most especially my dear pastor, uh, Edibisco Freddy of Ikrovadari Church. I'm your fellow servant, Patrick Frederick Chinji, here in Uganda of Seta Eagles Church. We really appreciate you all, people, who have put in for the incredible support towards the saints in Uganda. Ever since God started a great calling of people from denominations to the message of the day. 2020 has not been an easy year. And in fact, at first, at the beginning of the lockdowns, we thought very few will stand. But we thank God, instead of few standing, People have been coming in, in the message, even during the lockdown. This is due to the availability of the message books, because we had distributed seven church ages, some Luganda messages that we could get acquire and give them, and the, the radio program has done a great work. We thank God that these people, after learning the word, the little they had got, they also take it further to other churches. Because during the lockdown, we have been able to go to different people or to hear from different people where pastors are calling us for the message of the hour. And in fact, immediately after the lockdown, we have held more than four conventions, or I can call them seminars, where groups of pastors have been calling us to learn more. And as per now, more than a hundred pastors, when I say more than a hundred pastors, I mean more than a hundred churches have already come to Christ in the message of the hour just this year. Although many have not yet been baptized due to the COVID-19 restrictions, but they are willing and we are moving to them all the time. The great challenge now is that these people, when they accept the message of the hour, denominations could not let them stay in their denominations or the places of worship. So, shelters, places of worship, or acquiring a land is still a great problem for these people. In addition to the books and the message tapes or audio messages, these are things that are much necessary for these people to further the revival so that people they understand more with the message. We thank God for your standing with us. We have achieved for what we have acquired, where we have helped them, but we pray to God that more church places, more church shelters, especially the temporary shelters, be availed or be acquired to help these people. So my humble request is that the Lord makes a way for our people because when we stand with them in their time of testing, these people will stand with the Lord and the word of the Lord ever. May God bless you. I'm Pastor Frederick Chingi, Patrick from Uganda, St. Igor's Church. I won't comment on that. We'll just move right to Brother Stephen and Bally. God bless you and greeting in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
just to catch up and uh, maybe to make you know what exactly is going on here. If you remember, it all started as a helping hand to help Brother Fred in what he was doing. But eventually it turned out that I inherited about 35 different ministers who were on my side. And with those we've been running Thursday meetings for now several years to really kind of take them through the major areas of the message. And uh, currently they've come up to over 50 of them that we work with. And if you remember, then came this Baptist team which has got a minister's group of over 50 ministers. And then uh, uh, of recent, we've got uh, a door open among the Methodists. Among the Methodists, we've got a fellowship of 10 ministers. And so far, we have baptized one group. And uh, on and on, the Lord has been gracious that even these ministers are now opening up different groups. So, you know, the work is extensive, and I've had a hand of helping ministers that have come to support me in this venture. Major of them is Brother James Katumba, and then Brother Diogo Elijah, Brother Padre Brother Samson Lubogo, and right from the beginning, Huntington Balita. It has been a very great blessing. So, currently, we've got new groups that are opening up, and... Uh, you know, on the last two weeks, we've had uh, to visit two different groups that started recently. And yesterday, that is Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Thursday, we were able to baptize over 50 people from those new groups. So what we do is every Tuesday, we visit a church, a local church, and then every Thursday, we've got ministers come together. And what I see as lacking in the group where we visited, that's where we begin from on Thursday. So keep us in your prayers because, you know, the needs are becoming more every time, especially when it comes to structures, places where these people have to meet, sometimes plots of land. So all those are needs, and uh, we thank God who has consistently been able to supply, and we pray that the Lord will continue supplying. So we rely mostly on the Seven Church Age Book, which is very important, because among the Baptists, we only have one monthly meeting with the ministers. So the Church Age Book has been very, 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 very useful. Here I say, we've already done the Hebrew book. And the Hebrew book is so important because it defines, explains, you know, brings to uh, a proper understanding of uh, the doctrine of redemption, which is very important. If people come in by understanding doctrine alone and not understanding the new path, it becomes a problem to keep them together. So, saints, we've got two things. We need more structures. We need the Hebrew book done. If the Lord supplies, that's our pleasure. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Stephen and Brother Fred, for sending that in so faithfully, reporting on what God's doing there in Uganda. You saw the needs. I don't need to express them other than to say, pray for those needs. We're just now printing 
the Seven Seals book for the Luganda. It's paid for. Uh, we're just waiting for the printing process to go through. That will be finished here shortly and on its way to the country of Uganda. And then the next large book that we'll be printing, of course, as Brother Stephen said, there's a great need for the Hebrew series, which, which, as he explains, brings uh, the real revelation of the purpose of redemption, specifically the deity of Jesus Christ and all that he is. And Brother Branham so capably ministered on that in the Hebrew series. And I'll just say, if you've never read the Hebrew series, you need to read the Hebrew series and, and make that a part of your diet and what God can do for you. So there you can see that in the midst of this shutdown that many of you that are watching now in the service, you're locked down now in your country, your state, whatever it might be. Some of you are overseas that are watching the service and maybe don't have the rights or the opportunity to express those rights. But I'll tell you what, the rights of the lamb and the lamb's wife have not been abridged by this shutdown. The Lamb's message is going out. The purpose of God is going out. And we thank God for all of that. Amen. Aren't you, aren't you glad? I'm glad. Aren't you glad too? It's harvest time. Amen. Amen. Let's sing a, let's, let's stand. You can stand together at home. You've been sitting a long time. Uh, we'll stand together here. Um, oh my, there's so many good songs we could sing. Uh, let's, let's just sing. Come and dine. Soon the Lamb will take His bride to be ever at His side. It's a rejoicing time. Let us be glad and rejoice. The marriage of the Lamb has come. The bride is being united to the Word. There's great things going on overseas. There's great things going on at home. You know, it's amazing. I hope you've been listening. It's amazing the supernatural testimonies that have been coming right across the pulpit here. The brothers that have been sharing and the different things that God has been doing locally within our church. And, and to you folks, I could just share with a, a sister who I'm looking at on the screen who had her prayer answered for a job and, and, and different things that are taking place. And, uh, you know, my own son, uh, I didn't bring the pictures here, my own son Gideon, last Sunday uh, morning, the, he began to have a reaction to something and his whole body began to be covered by um, they call it hives, I think. And in red spots all over his upper body, his lower body, all over his back. Nasty looking spots. And uh, oh, it was terrible. And my wife was quite concerned. And so I said, well, let's just pray. Let's just ask the Lord. And so we prayed. And by Monday morning, there was not a single spot left. And so we give God the glory for that. We thank God for his mercies. We thank the Lamb for his provision. Amen. Jesus has a table spread. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites His chosen people come and die. With His manna He defeats and supplies our every need. Oh, it's sweet to serve with Jesus all the time. Oh, come and die the Master calls. Disciples came to land.
the master calls in them, oh, come and die. There they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hungry every time. Oh, come and die, the master calls, come and die. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. dining? Are you feasting on the word? They're starving for it overseas. They just desire. We have abundance in the English language. Get yourself a book, a book, get yourself locked into a closet or sitting in your room, right on your couch, whatever it might be. Feast on the eternal word that's going to clothe you and make you ready for the marriage supper of the lamb. What a message. What a great, glorious message that we're feasting on. Amen. I want to sing one more song. It's just on my heart. It was a great thing that he did for me. I just want to sing that together. If you would help me with the words there. The Lord has brought me through all my sorrows. And when I failed him, he didn't turn me away. I think Brother John's going to preach on that tonight. It's what he mentioned anyway. He stood right by me through all my troubles. And when I was lonely... He didn't let me go astray. You might feel lonely this morning. I'll tell you what, he's right beside you. He's watching over you. The angel of the Lord is encamped about those that fear him. He's right there. You have a need? Just reach out to him. Just reach out to the lamb. He's paid the price. The book has been redeemed. The promises are in effect. Redemption purpose is all around us. Let's rejoice in the lamb of God. The Lord has brought me. Through all of my sorrows And when I failed Him He didn't turn me away He stood right by me Through all my troubles When I was lonely He didn't let me go
That he did for me. I'll tell you what. If there's nobody else here. It's a great thing that he did for me. It's a great thing that he did for brother Tim. I'll tell you what. He saved me when I was lost. He cleaned me up. He made me whole. When I was lonely, he was my comforter. When I was sick, he was my doctor. When I didn't know how to do things, he's my lawyer. He's my advocate. And he's my judge. He's everything. He's my all in all. It was a great thing that he did for me. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Well, this evening service comes quickly and I've already taken up a lot of your time. I trust that tonight was a blessing for you and that you can uh, feast on it and that you can remember it's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. May God help us to never lose sight of that, to help someone else see the mercies of God in their life. Brother Emmanuel Gindo, I see you there. I wonder if you could unmute your uh, feed and you could close in a word of prayer for us. Precious Lord Jesus, we thank you for this great word and this great love and this great mercy that you give to us and you open our eyes of understanding so we can receive this revelation and see it again today. Yes. God, this is the Lamb of God. That's what this what you did for us, Father. We accept it. We take it. We just pray, oh God, that you continue to open our mind to help us to see it clearly, yes. to receive that great vision that you that you sent to us, oh God. We thank you for this message today. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for opening our eyes. We just pray that you continually to help us to humble ourselves yes. and to rest on you and to follow you your leadership in every situation of our life, oh God. You're the one that's put us in this earth. You're the one that's leading us. You're the one, Lord Jesus Christ, that's uh, guiding our footsteps. Wherever we don't know where to go, what to do, Father, we just commit our way into your hands. 
We trust, Father, that you're the one who's going to continue to lead us and to open our way and to guide us in every situation. We thank you, Father. We pray a special blessing upon each one of us, Father, today, upon your servant, Brother Tim, that spoke to us, O oh God, upon your bride around the world, that you will just continue to lead your bride, Father. It's not our work. It's not by our might. It's not by the way we do things, but it's you that leading us, you that have your mind upon us, Father. You're the one that's have the mind of God upon us, Lord Jesus. You're the ones who continue to lead and to do everything according to your will, Father. Yes. We trust you in everything. We commit our lives in you. We pray a special blessing upon each one, Father, and especially tonight for the service tonight. May you grant your mercy upon Brother John and continue to speak to our hearts and to bless yes. us. In your name alone, Savior Jesus Christ, we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Emmanuel. God bless you. Remember one another in prayer. Remember the saints around the world and the local saints. God bless you. We love and appreciate each one of you. And may the Lord pour out His abundant grace upon your life. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.